On podcast 1808, BMW's most powerful EV, super fast charging and Australian electric vehicles. Trying a new thing, so you know when to expect a show. We go live at 5pm UK, that's midday Eastern. And Patreon supporters get the episodes as soon as they're ready and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. Tuesday, 18th of April today. My name is Martin Lee, and I've been through every EV story, so you don't have to. If you missed yesterday's podcast, my first one back after a short break, it's because uh, my father passed after a short illness, but I got to spend some time with him and uh, also have some uh, some good conversations uh, before I lost him. I'll be away next week for a couple of days uh, when the funeral happens, um, but between now and then, back on the podcast and doing okay. Well, not okay, but as, you know, Doing all right, I suppose. Let's get into the news and let's talk about the BMW i7 M70 edition. The most powerful electric vehicle BMW's ever made and they're rightly proud of it as well. It's the top of their lineup with two electric motors, 650 horsepower in the M70 version. That's 811 pound-feet of torque, not to 63.5 seconds, which is, you know, Tesla Model 3 fast, uh, but 3.5 seconds, 0 to 60. In a vehicle as big as the BMW i7, the Luxo Barge, as these kind of things are called, that's just bonkers. A two-tone paint, adaptive air suspension, rear-wheel steer, active roll, uh, four-piston calipers to slow you down. It's 101.7 kilowatt-hour battery, 300 miles of range. That's just crazy. This thing is huge and it's fast and it goes a really long way. And it fast charges almost 200 kilowatts. Uh, It's going to be out in the second half of 2023. And it'll just cost just a mere $145,000. But BMW really pushing the envelope with this, which I love. An advanced six-phase motor design, which is even more powerful than the existing BMW i7. Dual inverters, launch control, big new infotainment system, and BMW individual paint schemes if you couldn't possibly bear to drive a car that had the same paint as another person on the planet. I'll pop a link to that story in the show notes. Let's talk a bit about MG. We still own the MG. I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, we've been driving the the Hyundai Kona because it was my dad's and, you know, uh, he had to stop driving um, towards the end. And... So, and he said, I'm going to sell the car. So, well, don't sell the car to me. I'll buy the car. So, we bought the car. Um, and uh, and so, uh, we've been driving that mostly, but we still have the MG ZS EV. I've been meaning to sell it, but there's obviously been other things on my mind lately. And uh, so, we've got to sell the MG ZS EV because, well, frankly, we need the money from it. Uh, but. Uh, MG is a brand that's doing amazing things in Europe and UK. So MG UK, MG Europe, technically separate companies. They're a Chinese company, of course, uh, with SAIC. But they're doing really interesting things. And they just unveiled the Cyberster. Hmm, I'm not mad on the name, but either way, it's all electric. It's a convertible sports car, so I love it. It's the Tesla Roadster that Tesla haven't made yet, and it goes on sale next year, so they have made one. Um, And not only that, but they're going to start making them this year. UK on sale next year. So that is not a concept. It's not a design study. MG Cyberster, it's a two-seater sports car, drop-top, based on MG's heritage, because the MG badge means a lot to perhaps slightly older listeners, maybe, I don't know, or younger listeners that are into heritage stuff. Um, single motor or dual motor configuration. The one they showed off had a yoke, 
please don't do that. MG, just put a round steering wheel on it. 500 miles of range, 0 to 63 seconds. And would you buy one of these just because it's Chinese? It's got the MG badge on it. It's coming out in 2024. And there are other vehicles that are nothing like this, like the MG5 Estate and uh, the ZS that we drive. Uh, Very different vehicles. I can't wait to see it because already with the MG4, I think MG have made such massive improvements in the last three years. Uh, I can't wait to see what they come up with. That's exciting. Now we'll stay with China and Zika, that's the premium bit of Geely, as in Volvo and Polestar, etc., have just released their European strategy. And I can tell you today, the first models in Europe are the Zika 001, that's the shooting brake, and the Zika X. Now, the Zika X is an urban SUV, smaller, sort of mid-size SUV. Available in Sweden and the Netherlands at the end of this year. There's 1,500 people working in Europe for Zika, for engineering and design, and the headquarters are in Amsterdam. And they want to take German market share with things like the Zika X, the SUV that has 560 kilometres of range, 66 kilowatt hour battery, 14.6 inch sliding smart screen, big augmented reality head-up display, intelligent driving systems which are free for the life of the vehicle, no subscriptions here, and even a hint of a worldwide release for the Zika X, the SUV. Pre-orders open in China, deliveries begin June in China, 40,000 models being built this year, and like I say, a European launch by the end of this year in Sweden and the Netherlands. Would you buy a Zika? You know, it's from Geely. Would you buy a Volvo? Probably yes. Would you buy a Polestar? Maybe. Would you buy a Zika? Well, that's a big question that I think a lot of these Chinese companies are, well, they're going to find out the answer really soon because they're all coming. Now, to Europe, yes, not to the US, admittedly. Now, let's talk about US EV sales because it's such a distorted market at the minute and I can't get my head around it. I'm not going to do an economics podcast for you, but the distortion of the Inflation Reduction Act It's just blowing my mind a bit at the moment. The US Treasury announcing that Volkswagen, BMW, Nissan, Volvo, Hyundai, Rivian, all losing the current federal tax credit, $7,500. Tesla Model 3 standard range, or just Model 3 as it's called, gets half the credit because it's a foreign battery but made in the US. Only 10, and I thought it was less, maybe it's like six or seven full electrics, but 10 plug-in vehicles now now qualify for the full credit. Hyundai has taken advantage of a loophole, though, in the federal tax credit rule, because they're going to lease their vehicles. The loophole allows customers to get the full credit if they lease a new EV, and the tax credit does not have the same strict rules when applied to leasing. So Hyundai will lease you any of their new electric cars and give you $7,500 off because they get the tax credit. I think that's how it works, but it's less money for you. It's a lower payment for you if you lease those vehicles, but you can't buy them. Hyundai is investing $5.5 billion in an EV and battery factory in Georgia, Savannah, and the electric GV70, which as of yesterday did qualify for the credit and as of today doesn't because, again, it was made, uh, I think, in the US, but otherwise it just doesn't get the credit anymore. GM is the other big name I want to talk to you about today because they expect all of their EVs under the MSRP cap to qualify for the full tax credit. So Cadillac Lyric, Bolt EV, Bolt EUV, Equinox, Blazer, 
and Silverado, all their electric vehicles, they aren't on sale till next year, some of those, because of the Ultium EV platform and their battery venture in Warren, Ohio, uh, which will give them uh, 130 gigawatt hours of battery cell capacity when their other locations come online. That's massive. Fleet customers like Bright Drop, uh, the Chevy, uh, the Chevy Silverado EV, using for commercial purposes, they all get the tax credit. So that's good news. Uh, the Silverado, which comes out next year, will, they say, get the $7,500 federal tax credit because uh, although it's not out for another year, it will meet the battery component requirements. And, of course, it is made in the US or with a free trade partner. This is fabulously complicated and it really annoys me. Um, but I have to try and unpick it and untangle it for you, not by going too deep into it. This is a global podcast and a lot of the audience isn't in the US. But for those that are, uh, this is just ridiculously complicated. And it's distorting your market as well because there's great cars that should get the tax credit um, and they're not, which you are end up, you're going to end up paying more for. And those with the ability to change their pricing, looking at you, Tesla, I'm expecting more Tesla price cuts as those vehicles fall out of the tax credit window or the ones that come into it for whatever reason. I expect price increases, but we'll wait and see. I got the Tesla's results later this week. And again, this isn't a Tesla podcast, but I'll try and cover those in the most appropriate way that I can think of. Now, let's talk about the Mini Countryman, the new Mini Countryman. It's coming out next year, or at least it's a 2024 model year. Has just been caught in new photos discovered from Los Angeles. I found this on autoblog.com. It raises questions about whether Mini is trying to hype up the vehicle because they were driving it around without any of the camouflage on. That could be happening. It's larger than what you think a Mini looks like. It's got uh, some bigger, bolder headlights. It's got new wheel design, new vertical taillight design, and it's going to have 280 miles of range, on the, at least on the European WLTP test cycle. Single motor, front-wheel drive, 191 horsepower, and, uh, and yeah, again, it's the latest fifth-gen BMW technology going into that Mini, so it should be pretty half-decent. Now, on the way very soon on the podcast, we got some battery chat to do. Bat chat! Uh, because we're going to talk about a new battery, and I'm going to talk about C-rates, which does sound, I don't know, uh, to, to me, I'm not a, a chemistry expert, so I'm like, ah, oh, do we have to do this? I try and keep things uh, available on this podcast, even for those that are EV curious, but bear with me. We'll try and take you through that. And, uh, and new Neos and Xpengs as well. Those stories and more coming up. And if you want this podcast ad-free, well, you can do that by signing up to our Patreon page. This podcast will always be free, by the way. I'm not going to firewall it or something, paywall it, um, rather. Uh, but, uh, but if you want it ad-free, uh, you can do that via the Patreon page, Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash EV News Daily for five, ten dollars a month. Uh, you can become an exec producer of the show, uh, get a shout on Sundays, and also take out the ad. Stick around back in a moment. Okay, let's talk about the new battery from CATL, their Kirin battery. Uh, Lee Auto has unveiled their all electric car that will have the first CATL battery that will charge in 10 minutes. Uh, entering a phase of development now with their new flagship models. Uh, the first BEV model is going to be from Lee Auto. Uh, their 800 volts high voltage platform. And the reason I'm excited about this car is because it will work on their new 500 kilowatt chargers. When you think about the 
the the fastest is you know a three a three fifty anywhere in the world like a five hundred four I think it's four hundred and eighty kilowatts is the actual charger rated speed. But what's very interesting is the C rate, and it's a C rate of four for the new. Kirin battery made by CATL. And what is C rate? The C rate, the number, the letter C hyphen rate. C rate is a way to describe, and hey, I'm no battery expert. There's many better podcasts to understanding batteries and chemistry. The C rate is a simple way to describe how quickly a battery can be charged or discharged relative to its maximum capacity. In other words, it tells you the rate at which the battery's energy can be used or replenished. Imagine that the battery is a water tank. The C rate is a bit like the size of the tap that lets the water flow in or out. A higher C rate means the tap is bigger. So most current EVs have a C rate of between about 1 and 3. One, 1 C and 3 C for charging, at least. Discharging is going to be higher because you want performance out of the, the battery. Uh, it's expressed as a multiplier of the battery's capacity. Uh, typically, you would give that in amp hours or ampere hours um, or kilowatt hours, which is what we normally talk in batteries. So uh, I'm going to try and explain this because this podcast is listened to both by industry people and also those that are EV curious and are new to EVs. So um, try and take everyone along for the ride and not patronise anyone. But the C rate is calculated by dividing the current, the amps, the amperes in current, flowing in or out of the battery by its nominal capacity in amp hours. A 1C rate means that the charging or discharging current is equal to its nominal capacity. That implies the battery will be fully charged or fully discharged in one hour. So a 50 amp hour battery being charged or discharged at a rate of 50 amps, a 50 amp hour battery, charge it or discharge it at 50 amps, in one hour, it's a C rate of one. And you can do that in kilowatt hours as well. So a 50 amp hour battery on an 800 volt system, for instance, so 50 amp hours times 800 volts, divide that by 1000 is 40 kilowatt hours. And why is this interesting? Because a C rate of four is much quicker than anything that's on the market at the moment. So if you had a 40 kilowatt hour battery and a C rate of one, you'd fully charge it in 40 minutes. But a C rate of four, well, you could recharge that battery in, well, I say recharge in 10 minutes because, again, you've got to start putting some real life into this. Most people don't charge zero to 100. Maybe you turn up at 10% at a fast charger. My wife is always more. Uh, But say 10 to 80. 10 to 80 tends to be the number given in real life by a lot of people talking about electric vehicle charging. So 10 to 80 is a pretty typical road trip stop. You're talking about an eight minute to 10 minute stop. And that's where I want to get to with this story. This new battery from CATL, yes, it's coming out in the Li Auto vehicles, but also more as well. Uh, The Zikas are going to have it as well. That's an eight to 10 minute stop. Let's put this in real world terms. Next time you stop on the motorways or you stop at a service station. Now, look, I've got a a five-year-old now. It's just turned five. I can't believe it. Um, Like, uh, and so we've only got one. A lot of our friends have got more than one kid. But even with one child, I have no idea how you do anything in less than half an hour. Everything takes half an hour. Like, you, you can't stop at the services. Get him out. Get in. Have a wee. Have a break. Have a drink. Have a snack. Get back in the car. Normally, he's on a go slow or distracted. So an eight, even if you're on your own on the motorway and doing a a fast stop. By the time you stop at the charger and plug in, you walk from the chargers. They're not normally by the front door of the service station. You walk in, you do your business, even if it's a quick business. 
Nice. Uh, and uh, get a, a drink. You grab a cold drink from the fridge. You know, maybe it's an automated pay machine. You just scan your tap and card. Go, you can't do that in eight minutes. So... Uh, even if you're, you know, if you're queuing up and ordering a coffee at the Starbucks or something, that's gonna, that can take five minutes. They're gonna make it as well. And so you try doing a motorway stop on your own in eight minutes, and you, you get back to the car and it's full, like that. It's almost too fast because if 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 my car fills up, I then start to get a bit stressy, and I'm like, ah, I've got to go move it. Somebody else might be queuing, and I. A lot of EV drivers think like that. A lot of EV drivers. Don't think compassionately about our fellow EV drivers. Uh, but I do. Goodness me, can you imagine charging in eight minutes? <laughs> like, right, go, run, charge, get back, leave. It's just an incredible thing to talk about. And that's kind of where I wanted to get to with this very long and rambling story about the Lee Auto. Not really about the car, but about what it means for battery technology that's just around the corner. So next time somebody says to you, oh, yes, but electric vehicles won't work because you've got to charge them for an hour and a half. And, uh, and then I don't want to sit by the roadside all day. Filling up your combustion car takes more than eight minutes, my friend. So that that argument's disappearing next year. It's so soon. Now, these are going to be in China to begin with, but that's going to be the rest of the world very soon. Ah, that's exciting. All right, I've got to move on. There's a lot more to talk about. Let's talk about NEO. The first of their 500 kilowatt charging stations is going into operation in 12 cities across China. 500 kilowatt peak power chargers have a rate of 660 amps. So they are talking about their 400, ve- 400 volt vehicles taking you know, less than 20 minutes to charge up, 12 minutes for an 800 volt vehicle. Uh, the stations are equipped with liquid-cooled cabling, big high-def screens on their chargers. going to have 1,000 of these battery swap stations um, or 10,000 of these charging piles on top of the 1,000 battery swap stations that they've got uh, by... I'm not sure what the deadline is for NEO on that, but again, more fast charging coming, and it will be very soon spreading around the world. A bit like their small electric cars. Neo is launching an electric small entry-level brand in Europe. They've called it Firefly, and they're going to sell vehicles for £23,000 sterling. Uh, battery swap technology, because it's Neo, so it's going to have battery swapping. The cars are made in China, but then exported to Europe, and they'll be launching a new brand as well called Alps, which will be somewhere between Firefly and Neo. Man... It is all about to kick off at the cheaper end of the market. 20 grand for an EV. It's got battery swapping. It's got the Neo badge on. It's just going to worry all of the existing players. They're going to have some sleepless nights over this. I love it. Neo also launching their new ET7. That's the sedan. And um, the revamped ES6. That's the... SUV. It's the Shanghai Auto Show at the minute, so we've got loads of these announcements coming out, and this is why the podcast will be a little bit long today. Uh, the ET7, the sedan, now available available to pre-order. Uh, the ES6, the SUV, pre-ordering in May. And again, these are Chinese cars. 10-year 10 10 year unlimited mile warranty. Wow. Six free battery swaps a month. Lifetime unlimited connectivity. Man, oh man. When they start to sell these cars in Europe and eventually the US, it is game over for so many who don't see this coming. 
The Xpeng is another car. The Xpeng, Xpeng, the G6 just debuted at the Shanghai Auto Show earlier today. Based on the next generation platform, 800 volt architecture, super fast charging, adding 300 kilometers of range in less than 10 minutes. Dual motor versions of 218 kilowatts peak power. The G6 uh, specs, uh, full specs yet to be revealed at a future launch event, but we saw that at the Shanghai Auto Show, where we also saw the Smart 3. The Smart 3 is their next electric car, but it's an SUV. You think of smart cars as being little dinky dunks, don't you? And they're tiny little things, but it's not. It's The smaller car is the Smart 1. The Smart 3 is going to rival the VW ID5. It's a really big car, and it's, you know, four and a half metres long. It's 1.8 metres wide. It's 2.8 metre wheelbase. It's a big vehicle. You don't think of smart making big vehicles, but they are about to. A single motor powertrain, we think, and a hot Brabus version, likely, I would think, sometime in 2024, going on sale in Europe. The smart brand does mean something here. It does have dealerships, often next to the Mercedes dealerships as well. And again, it's a vehicle that is going to appeal to a lot of people if the pricing is right. We'll wait and see. Let's talk trucking. Volta Trucks. I've interviewed them on the podcast many times in the past. Volta just started production of their 16-ton vehicle, uh, their truck at their partner, Magna, in Austria. It is now in on the production lines, and the first trucks ordered by customers will be dispatched in Q3 for all-electric trucking. These are great vehicles. They've got a massive glass house at the front. I've sat in them. I've been inside the Volta truck and uh, talked to them in the past, um, done some really interesting interviews with them, and I think they will make it. They They seem to have their head screwed on, and I wish them all the best because I love what they're doing. Their design is fantastic. Ford are bringing the electric Puma to Australia. Five EV models from Ford coming by the end of 2024. And here's an interesting thing. Ford of Australia announced they will have at least five all-electric vehicles coming to Australia by the end of next year. So I was then working out, well, what ones don't I know about then? Because five, I I could name you all the Fords, but what's not on sale yet? Well, this was a big gap in my knowledge. My Aussie listeners will know this, and I didn't. You don't get the Ford Mustang Mach-E. How is that not on sale in Australia? So, anyway, the Ford Mustang Mach-E, not on sale there. The electric transit vans, not on sale down under. So all we're worried about, really, I think, is the fifth, because then there's the electric Puma. There'll be a fifth EV yet to be announced. But maybe that'll be the European one on the MEB VW platform, and that gets you to the five uh, EVs. And so, hey, sorry, my Australian listeners. you are, That sucks for you guys um, not to have any electric Fords on sale. Mustang mach should be very, very soon, shouldn't it, though? And finally, the Tesla Model 3 Long Range is coming back to the UK market, but only for fleet. The long-range rear-wheel drive version is the one I would have if I could buy it. Discontinued in 2019 as they focused on all-wheel drive performance and standard range. It will have an entry point of £46,000, but Tesla pricing is fluid. And it's for the UK market only. I don't know why only for the UK. Um, It was uh, somebody from the UK Tesla team posting this on their social media. (laughs) So... Okay. I would have that car if I was buying a Tesla Model 3. I don't need all-wheel drive because the weather here is fine. It's very it's very mild 50 weeks of the year, right? And so I want the range. I want 400 miles of range. Uh, you can argue whether that's real world or not, but either way, I want the big battery, I want single motor, and I want, in a Model 3, I want range, range, range all day long. Look, the all-wheel drive is great for the long-range version. 
I just don't need four-wheel drive or the performance uh, that those two motors give me. And so maybe fleets have been saying the same thing to Tesla and saying, we just want we just want cars that can do the range and have got base specs otherwise. And so uh, if they were to put that on sale, uh, that'd be, uh, that, that would suit us because we don't need four-wheel drive. And hey, if you can get the range, like I always say, if you can get it, you should have it because you'll need it one day. That's your podcast for today. Thanks to our premium partners. Uh, that is Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and a lower car charge in Hawaii. I'm, I should be seeing Jim in two days' time from National Car Charging if it all works out. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to record some stuff that you'll hear on Saturday if it happens. Uh, hi to Derek Riley and his EV Review Island YouTube channel on a roll right now. Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And- And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.